Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and today in our study of Isaiah 43, 8 through 13, we are going to be looking at Israel, the blind witness. Today's readings are coming from the ESV. We are going to read the passage today, um, but again, I encourage you to follow along as we study through this. So Isaiah 43, 8 through 13 reads this way. Bring out the people who are blind, yet have eyes, who are deaf, yet have ears. All the nations gather together, and the peoples assemble. Who among them can declare this, and show us the former things? Let them bring their witnesses to prove them right, and let them hear and say, It is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor shall shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed, when there was no strange God among you. And you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. Also henceforth I am he. There is none who can deliver from my hand. I work, and who can turn it back? So today we're going to be looking at two things. Um, I resisted the temptation to base this episode on a three-point notes basis from verse 12. I declared and saved and proclaimed. That was like Isaiah wrote it to be a three-point message. I really had to resist the temptation. But that is not the general theme of this passage as a whole. So unfortunately, we're not going to do that. However, maybe next time, I don't know, we'll get another one. And I'm sure there have been many sermons done on Isaiah 43.12. Many Southern Baptist sermons. Us Southern Baptists, we love our three-point messages. (laughs) So today, first we're going to be looking at Israel's problem. So this is a failure to see God. So this is a something that is kind of overlooked, obviously. You're not going to think about what you're failing to see. But it's fairly overlooked by believers just because, you know, it's almost like a laziness and we don't quickly see laziness. So God calls all the nations of the world. He wants them to be shown to the people of Israel as not sufficient. God asks the nations of the world if they can declare the things that are yet to come. This is going back to what we talked about yesterday with God's providence, his sovereignty over the world, and he's saying that these nations, they can't do that. They're not all that. God wants his people to see his control over all things and people. So again, some context. You'll remember that God's people are in exile under the Babylonians. They would have needed to hear about God's control over nations, obviously, because they were being abused by this nation. They were exiles, and obviously that's not a whole lot of fun. So God also calls out these idols. And we're going to go a little bit more in depth into this because Isaiah does. So this gets a lot of attention in this passage, and we're going to look at the varying ways that this topic of idols is looked at. First, there is no God like Yahweh. No idol is like the Lord our God in his attributes. This one should be fairly obvious, seeing as idols are not exactly like God in their strength, because 
They can't move. They're not exactly like God in their omniscience because they can't know anything at all. And they're, you know, they're just not like God. Obviously, they're not infinite or eternal because they were created at a certain point in time. So these idols are not like God in their attributes. And no idol is like the Lord our God, specifically in his choosing of a faulted people, yet still loving them. This is really something that I want us to look at. It is really mind-blowing that the Lord our God would choose us, because we are a terrible people. We, we are terrible because we rebel against God. Now, that's not to say that we can't ever do good, you know? That's not to say that we can't ever do good things. You know, God made us in his image, and even though that image is distorted because of sin, we still, you know, you look at, there are many nice Muslims. There are many nice atheists, you know? But at the same time, we, it's really horrible to choose against God, and that's what God wants us to see here. He wants us to see his goodness and really wonder why do we fail to trust him. Listen to verse 11. I, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. Why would you not believe in him? Yet, we fail to do that sometimes. And that's what this passage wants us to do. It wants us to examine why we fail to trust in the Lord. Second, there is no Savior like Yahweh. Think about it. What God would take the place of sinners apart from our God? Imagine if a judge were about to give the death sentence to a terrible serial killer, but then he said that he would take the punishment. We wouldn't believe it to be true. We'd say, that is stupid. That must be something from TV. You know, that's just made up. But God takes our place. Jesus Christ truly shatters all human reasoning and wisdom. Finally, no idol can prevail against God. This seems fairly obvious to us since most of us don't believe in stone statues, but to the people of Israel, this would have been important. God's protection over his people can't be stopped by any idol or people. Whenever God's people suffer, it's because God allows it. So let's look at our application of this. So while we in America typically don't worry about other countries overtaking us or worry about bowing down to stone statues, there is much to learn from this passage. First, believers need to continually be seeing God through the spiritual disciplines. Um, I've talked about this repeatedly, a few, at least a few times on this podcast. Um, Dr. Donald Whitney, he's got a really good book on this. Um, spiritual disciplines, basically, you know, reading your Bible, praying, going to church. Those are just, they're simple things. However, these are how we see God. And second, believers need to trust God more than the people above us and the idols in our lives that demand our attention. So these idols, they can be... And they frequently are our phones, our TV, our social media. Like, looking at the meantime sometimes can be a scary thing for me. It's like, oh man, this has this, been pretty rough. However, we need to have God take priority over that. And that's what this passage is trying to get us to do. So finally, we are going to quickly look at God's grace. Here's where most people would have executed justice on Israel. After God exposed Israel, 
God has every right to end his covenant with Israel since they broke their end. But he doesn't. Why does God show his grace to Israel? He does this out of his abundant love toward them. This love that Israel received was completely undeserved. Yet God gave it to them. We Christians receive this exact same love, this undeserved and free love. This love is something that must be told to all the world. Not only are we to see God to grow our love vertically, but our love needs to grow horizontally towards those around us. Israel in this passage is shown as a witness. They were to be a light to the world around them to show God's goodness. And we Christians must be this to those around us. First, we must act in a way that shows God has changed our lives. And second, we must tell those around us the gospel. We need to be a witness to our neighbor, whether that be at work, school, or at our neighborhood. Thanks for listening to another episode of Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out at our website, adoptedbelievers.com, for episodes and other resources. And like us at Facebook at Adopted Believers.